podcasting from the beautiful Mile High City. You're listening to the Do It Again podcast, the official podcast of scientific wrestling, the undisputed leader in no-holds-barred catch-as-catch-can wrestling. Here's your host, Jake Shannon. Thank you for tuning in to the Do It Again podcast, the official podcast of Scientific Wrestling. I am your host, Jake Shannon, and uh, man, this is one hell of a busy week. I have been running around like crazy, Uh, one, because we actually have a coaching catch training camp on uh, the 25th and 26th of September here in Denver at Genesis MMA, which I, I, I understand is like a, in terms of ranking somehow, I think by purse or something, top five in the world, uh, MMA gym. So guys sign up. It's still not too late. We got a couple of spots. Uh, I was in uh, Vegas on Tuesday speaking to the cauliflower alley on catches catch can. And then I was in Miami on uh, uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then back here in Denver, trying to get ready for this Friday, which is Shoot Pro Wrestling, our second show. Uh, Really super excited because this show is actually a uh, tag team tournament. So for those of you that aren't aware, the way that we will be establishing belts, and so there will be a belt, well, two belts because it's tag team, given out for this show, uh, we establish all championships, all titles through a tournament first. So this one, we have a four-team, eight-man, four-team tag team Grand Prix. And on the phone with me is one of the crazy mother effers that's going to get in on this. Uh, Good friend of mine um, and good friend of Scientific Wrestling, Josh LaDuke. Are you there, Josh? I'm here, man. How are you? Good, brother. Good, brother. Uh, So I'm excited for you. Uh, I'm hoping you you studied up the rules. For those of you who are not familiar, go to Shoot Pro Wrestling, like shooting a gun, S-H-O-O-T, shootprowrestling.com. And there's rules there. You can get the paper, grab a pay-per-view. It's cheap, uh, 10 bucks. Um, and uh, the rules, there's the roster and uh, all kinds of great stuff. So I hope you've been studying the rules, Josh. You feel ready? Oh, dude, I'm 100% ready. Um, I did a match a couple weeks back and, I mean, it was a jujitsu match, but I played my catch game, you know, staying off my back, working my turtle position, working my wrestling. And uh, I, I took on a guy who's hell of a lot tougher than anyone else in this bracket. So I'm feeling pretty good. I'm in good shape, and I'm super excited to be partnered up with uh, Brandon Ruiz, the monster. Yeah, I mean, you guys really do. So your team is the Catch Cowboys. And, and it's you and Brandon Ruiz, and which is a change because originally when we were trying to get this thing going a couple of years ago, I, I was uh, basically taking the King of Catch Wrestling Open Tournaments and just changing it into an Invitational, which has now evolved into Shoot Pro Wrestling. Uh, originally, I had you two guys uh, going against each other, but now you're actually on the same team. I mean, it's it's tough, though, dude. I got I got a bunch of really uh, uh, world beaters in there, but you know, I will say you guys definitely form one hell of a uh, intimidating team. I mean, we're definitely probably the most intimidating, not just from, you know, we're both big guys, but I mean, 
just Brandon Ruiz himself is like his accomplishments, his mad time, and the guy's just a fucking giant. Like he is one of the scariest motherfuckers ever. And I'm glad that I'm on his team now instead of uh, having a match with him. So yeah, <laughs> he got some tough guys for sure. Uh, I know Jeremy Hastings is a really good guy. Chango's a black belt as well. So uh, I'm just hoping these guys show up on fight night. We already had a couple drops and stuff like that, but that's just the business. I'm uh, ready to show up. Whoever's there, they're going to get pinned or they're going to get, you know, tapped out. Yeah. I mean, uh, don't break anybody's legs. I mean, I guess that's in the rules. They, they know they're big guys. They know to tap. Um, <clears throat> but uh, yeah, you know, this, uh, you talk about that cause you're a promoter. And uh, so you, I mean, you've run, uh, you're one of the few, guys that get it um you've run catch matches now uh I, i've been there for them uh with uh like kern and quentin and uh with the sapatero now you didn't you run like a like a three-way yeah, or, yeah. Or, how did that work? it was right around when you guys were doing shoot pro one and i i reached out to you about the rules and it was real similar to what something i was doing i think uh the only thing different was you uh changed the uh, scoring for rule or for rub breaks and stuff like that which is a, a great change to the rule set but yeah we ran a uh, a 3v3 tag team match and uh it was awesome we had three guys all under 160 pounds each and uh they went after each other for 10 minutes and then another five minute overtime so it was uh the most exciting match on the card and i mean to have an entire tournament dedicated to this rule set which in my opinion is one of the most exciting rule sets out there is you know just amazing well i I will say this um you know we had such success after that first kind of test show you know you know how this goes like you kind of throw it out there you're an entrepreneur you take a risk you you hope people show up and i mean man we got twenty thousand people on the live feed uh which was really kind of blew me away but you know, so so clearly the the tag team rule set I think is very interesting. I think the catch wrestling rule set is interesting because it pushes the action. It really like you can fight off your back. You just got to make sure you keep a shoulder up. Like I think we we've broken through that initial resistance where grapplers are like, oh, I don't understand the pin. Now they understand that yeah, okay, you can win with a pin, but it's actually not really that easy to win with a pin because you got to make sure the guy's got both shoulders down. It really is just something to push the action. But one thing that I found is that, um, you know, the guys love the tag team, man. I'll be running practice and halfway through, they're like, dude, can we do some tag team match? Like, they love it. They love doing the tag team grappling. Yeah, 100%. Like, we've been doing tag team matches for probably about a year now after our practices as well. And just kind of it was like a, a team morale kind of game you know we we do things like that after training and that is one of the most fun things people do you know we set up a big square because we don't have a ring in there and we just have tag matches after practice and like you said guys are just wanting to do it and uh i I think having the pin in there and just like you said it's a straight up pro wrestling match but it's real you know that alone makes it unique and fun to watch because you see a lot of these jiu-jitsu tag team matches and it's cool and stuff like that but um you know as a guy who plays off his back a lot i really enjoy the pin being there just because like you said it keeps people moving it makes the tag more exciting you know because it's another reason to tag your partner in another option and it, it just pushes the action the only thing i don't like about the pin is it limits my ability to crush people because i can only hold them down there for like three seconds you know uh, you you want to you want to uh, punish them when they're when they're uh, in the pin. Oh yeah, 
Like, everyone knows me for my leg locks, but when I grab a hold of you, it's just something completely different. And uh, I've been tapping black belts with pressure for years now, and uh, that's the only downside. And the only thing I wish I could show on this show is my crushing top presence. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll have some other tricks to, to pull out here, and I'm sure Brandon's going to be coming out there with some crazy tactics. So uh, it's going to be a good time. Yeah, I, I like the, um, you know, it's, it's a fun time right now because, man, I've been knocking on doors for 20 years trying to sell catch wrestling, and it seems like there's kind of this shift now where people are starting to actually like kind of get it. And we're seeing a lot of these people that are kind of adopting this like hybrid grappling mentality where it's, they're just using whatever and they're seeing that like, oh man, yeah, cradles, they are brutal. These things are really, really nasty things to use. Nelson's pressure, um, you know, obviously in the last couple of years with Danaher and yourself guys uh, pulling out leg locks, which, you know, really, I mean, just to be fair, are traditionally a catch wrestling move uh, going, you know, documented back to like the 1800s. So it's really neat to see this like hybrid kind of grappling thing. I've said it before. I mean, you look at uh, the Danaher death squad, uh, you know, it's a bunch of, you know, big jacked up leg lockers and speedos. And it reminds me of the lion's den back from the early nineties, you know? Yeah. hundred percent. And I mean, I, I it really just attributes to people moving away from the shitty people in all facets of the sport, whether it's catch jujitsu, I think yeah. people are starting to get tired of that old school mentality of the, the cult and like, this is my team and all this stuff. So people are getting more into the fusion grappling, the, like I just rebranded my, my gym, American Jiu Jitsu. I'm done with the whole, you know, not every Brazilian and stuff like that, but there's just a lot of shit in the traditional Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. There's a lot of shit in the traditional catch and this new wave of guys and uh, the open thinkers are really starting to uh, build something cool. I mean, you were talking about the cradles and stuff like that. We got Patron down here in Florida and like, I'm constantly yeah. watching his stuff and it's just amazing. And uh, you know, we got, a wrestling team at my my gym as well and we're constantly working on cradles and one of my brown belts he's actually getting his black belt he came up with the stud cradle series into leg entanglements and darces and everything and it's just it's nasty stuff so I'm, I'm really excited about the future and like you said the hybrid grappling aspect of it and i think that's the biggest advantage ruiz and i have going into this match is we have a lot of opponents who seem to be in one camp or the other you know they're jujitsu guys they're catch guys there's not a ton of hybrid grapplers in there and not no disrespect to these guys but when i see them in their pictures wearing their geese and shit like that i'm just like oh i know exactly what you are you know and yeah. it gives me extra confidence because they're trying to do it all you know in the sense of they're trying to stay with that gi background that you know, traditional jujitsu and still get in here into these hybrid rule sets. When you're just thinking hybrid from day one or just in all your practices, it really opens up different transitions and uh, different, different move sets, you know, and it's, it's going to be something I'm really looking forward to showcasing. Yeah. I, I really do think the future is this, this hybrid, hybrid grappling really where you ha end up having, um, what I've found, you know, from from my years in 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 in, uh, in the in the scene, is that 
you know, what traditionally had happened is like a lot of wrestlers unlearned wrestling to learn jujitsu. And then they kind of lost their wrestling. And so what I'm hoping is that there's, you know, a better kind of fusion, as you say, uh, you know, that with this hybrid, what I've seen with these new guys is it's very strong wrestling. They're, you know, the stronger parts of jujitsu. And, and it's really like freaking fun to watch. Yeah, it's, it's super entertaining. And I mean, I've been lucky enough. Uh, Nikki Ryan's been in my gym a few times and some of these higher level guys coming in from the Danaher squad uh, or what was the Danaher squad now there because uh, Nikki's mom lives like 20 minutes away from me. So he's been in the gym a few times and just watching him train. It's really like you're saying, it's the wrestling base, but they're coming at it from a jujitsu perspective. So you see a lot of these guys wrestling up from their butt now. So no longer yeah. going into traditional sweeping positions, we're kicking off, shooting into doubles, coming up and taking the back, you know, and it's, it's really cool. It's entertaining to watch. And like you said, it's hybrid and it, it's taking the strong parts of wrestling and the strong parts of jujitsu and it's combining them together. And I mean, that's pretty much what catch is. Yeah. And, and I like too, that <clears throat> to me, if you go in the old back in history, there were so many like, matches where it was like catch versus jujitsu historically, like that way yep. back, you know? And, and I really like that because I like this idea of, of actually wrestling in the ring, like a real ring mm-hmm. have, and, and doing competitive grappling under professional wrestling rules, because it allows, it's like mixed martial arts to me. It allows all these different grappling styles to kind of meet and they have, you know, they can meet on even grounds. Like the amateur wrestler could come in if he's a killer pinner, he could go as long as he's got some good, uh, you know, uh, submission defense. He could have a chance against a black belt guy. You know what I mean? I'm talking like a like a, a D1 All American type of cat coming in. You know, it's like you saw, like you saw with uh, with Quentin. You you allow all these different types of guys, these ten planet guys, whatever, come in under this rule set, and it's it reminds me of like more like MMA without punching and kicking because. You know, obviously, you can point system aside with you know judges and whatnot. You can win with a with a a knockout or a submission. Two things, two ways. It's very straightforward and simple. The fans can understand it. Well, the pro wrestling rules when you're doing competitive grappling under professional wrestling rules, same thing. Two ways to win: a submission, but instead of a knockout, a pin. And it's simple. And I mean, anyway, I'm really excited. This is going to be one hell of a uh, hell of a show. Anything you want to say? Uh, in closing, for your fans, for uh, for the other guys on the bracket, uh, I'll let you have it for the next couple minutes here. All I gotta say, don't blink. That's <laughs> but in, in reality, I mean, I'm looking forward to this a lot just because now that I'm coaching more, you know, all the entrepreneurial stuff I'm doing as well, this is pretty much like the only show I'm gonna be doing. You know, we're gonna win these titles, I'll come back, defend them, but. I'm not doing anything else. I, I have a kid now. I have so much going yeah, on. Yeah, congrats. Congrats on that. Yeah. yeah, I have so much going on with high-level guys moving to my gym, like getting guys ready for trials and stuff like that. This is the only show you're going to get to watch me compete on. And, I mean, every time I go in there, it could be the last time, you know, not just because not because age or injuries, because I'm the healthiest I've ever been. My injuries are healed. I'm in great shape. I'm ready to go. Mine's right. But – there's just so much more going on. And uh, I, I think this is going to be one of the few times you see me in competition for a long time. So if you're a fan of mine and you want to watch 
get that pay-per-view, you know, because it's probably the last time you're going to see me compete for, you know, six months to a year. And then it's just coming back and defending the title after we win it. So uh, it's going to be a good time. I'm excited. I'm ready to take that flight out into Denver, whoop some ass and take the red eye back and run my businesses. Yeah. You know, and I'm real, I'm, uh, I'm very grateful that you're kind of doing, uh, taking that last leg with, with shoe pro wrestling. I'm very grateful for that. And, you know, uh, <clears throat> speaking of entrepreneurial stuff, I mean, man, you know, we kind of got together, uh, back a couple of years ago, trying to get this thing off the ground and, and just kind of fell apart, which I mean, like you were saying earlier, these things kind of happen. I mean, shit on this card, we had so many different switcheroos and people getting COVID and people having backs go out and, we had to, you know, have alternates or whatever. But um, uh, I mean, now you're also, uh, you know, speaking of the pay-per-view, which guys get over to shootprowrestling.com. You can get live tickets if you're kind of within driving distance of Denver, or you can get the pay-per-view. Um, uh, but you're, I mean, you've launched down to all kinds of things. So let's give a couple plugs to some of those entrepreneurial things. Um, so you're doing combat on demand, right? Yep. Yeah, for uh, live streaming, pay-per-view, uh, just, you know, everyday event management and, uh, you know, consulting as well. And then you got, and then you got Sapatero. Yep, Sapatero. We're uh, probably doing, you know, three, four shows of that every year just because that's my bigger temple event, you know. And then I have the Contender Series that I do once a month just to keep guys active and build that stable of guys. So, yeah, Combat On Demand, Sapatero, my gym as well. And uh, I'm getting back into the management game and managing some of these. Uh, I got some MMA guys now, a couple high-level grapplers. And, uh, you know, who knows where that's going to take me after that. Dude, that's awesome, man. You're, I mean, you're a man after my own heart, dude. I just, I'm like, I got that same entrepreneurial bug. And that was one of the things, you know, I knew that uh, we, we really clicked uh, on all that stuff when I first met you. So guys, uh, check them out. Where, where do they, where's the best place to find you? Is it like Instagram, Facebook, your website? Yeah, it's probably Instagram. Uh, it's Starlord BJJ on Instagram. That's the easiest way to get in touch with me. It's got, uh, all my contact info on there. I kind of use it as a business card more than anything else. And, uh, yeah, the, if you, if you need me, that's how you find me. Okay, cool. Hey, well, in, uh, in Josh Starlord Leduc's words guys don't blink thanks josh thank you man all right guys so uh again get over to shootprowrestling.com we've got uh i mean it's it's cool i you know got this nice website we got footage from the last show uh the live feed did twenty thousand views uh which is part of the reason why we decided to make this a pay-per-view we actually might be able to really have a, a chance at uh, pushing this as a platform for uh, competitive grappling under professional wrestling rules. So get to shootprowrestling.com. But uh, not only is there footage, we have the rule set for both singles matches and tag team. And we also have the roster. Uh, and on that roster is somebody that I have on the line. And he wrestled the, that show, the one that got the 20,000 views. And he's wrestling this show. And, uh, and he's like, he's really hardcore about catch wrestling. He's he's into martial arts in general, but he has really been, uh, putting a crap ton of effort into catch wrestling. He's come to, to camps. He's going to be at the uh, Denver camp, which is the next day. The show shoot pro wrestling, uh, is Friday night, but then we're having a camp at Genesis MMA, uh, in Arvada on Saturday and Sunday. So without any further ado, let me bring him on. Uh, Jamie Nottingham. Are you there, Jamie? Yes, yes, it's uh, it's great to be on here, Jake. 
Yeah, dude. So you uh, <clears throat> you did the last show. Yeah. And and you're such a masochist. You signed up for this next show. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I I didn't get to uh, to get my uh, to get a finish in the last match. I really want to get a submission or a <laughs> pin and uh, and be able to actually pull out a win. And, uh, you know, it's harder than people realize in this rule set because uh, you have the rope breaks. And then also the venue is at a high altitude, which uh, affected me more than I was prepared for. So I've been hammering away at the cardio and trying to get my conditioning as best as I can. And I've learned some breathing exercises, too, that are supposed to help you acclimate better to the uh, the change in altitude. So I'm looking to come back and, and put on an even better show than I did last time. We had, we had a lot of um, awesome feedback from the last show, especially because it was really the first time in history <laughs> That uh, we, you know, the thing we kept with scientific wrestling that I try to do is I'm really my effort here. Overall, my purpose is to get every single person on the planet involved with catch wrestling as a fan, athlete, coach or a promoter. But to do so, I'm really trying to remain uh, maintain a real fidelity to the past, but also innovating and making catch wrestling relevant for today and the future. And one of those things was was the. Uh, you know, we got a lot of great feedback on the cat on the tag team, which had never ever happened, and it was kind of the big freak show draw that that got people in. And part of the reason why I decided to to lead with that on this show to do an actual tournament to determine the the tag team champions. That said, yeah, yeah. well, that said, that said, your match with Juan uh, was the best received match of the whole show. I got so many people complimenting it because. Man, you two did not give each other an inch, and you both pushed each other so hard. I saw both of you hugging, puking in trash cans after the match. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> you can watch that match if you go back to shootprowrestling.com. Scroll a little bit down there. I put the live feed. You can watch their match, man. They were just like, like two cats just trying to kill each other, man. It was amazing. Yeah, it was really awesome, man. And, and one of the coolest things, too, was – uh, of course, you know, in all my matches, no matter what the rule set, I'm always trying to attack and go after people. But when I have jujitsu matches and other kinds of matches, a lot of times people come back to me and they're like, you know, I didn't know what was happening. It was kind of like all of a sudden you were winning and I didn't really know why or, or what happened. <laughs> and to hear from my friends and my family and all the people that uh, that actually tuned in and watched that show to come home and have them say to me, you know, bro, that was so awesome to watch. It was like watching. I knew what was happening, and it was actually enjoyable. I wasn't bored or confused. Like that's like as a as a. I see martial arts also as sort of like performance art, and it's like as somebody who's doing something like performance art, it's like man, this is so cool to hear from people that they actually are enjoying watching me fight. Like I'm out there fighting my heart out, doing my best, trying to win in this rule set, being competitive, and people know what's happening who don't know martial arts, who don't who don't necessarily know all the ins and outs. That's awesome. That's like, that's amazing to me. Dude, I love that you said that because that has been what I have been like. I feel like I've been screaming into a flipping abyss for 20 years because this rule set is very special. I, it, it, it has the ability to make competitive grappling a spectator sport. And, and what exactly. I've done beyond that, I, I first got an incl inclination when I, when I launched the King of catch with, which is where the rule set originally this rule set is based on. But then I was like, I just had this epiphany. I said, you know, 
professional wrestling and, and you, the business of it and the promotion of it, not talking about the actual matches, which we all know are predetermined, but professional wrestling has figured this out, how to sell, how to promote, promote, promote. They've done it. They, they, they kill it. They, WWE is worth twice what UFC. I mean, right? Like the market cap on yeah, WWE honestly, $8 million or $8 billion and UFC was sold for like four. So like I knew that if we took this rule set and promoted it, not like the tough guy MMA or the grappling tough guy arms crossed picture kind of shit. And we instead had fun with it and tweaked the rules and made it more of a variety show like pro wrestling, but that's the wrapper at the core. When you open up the wrapper is still competitive grappling. And, and that 20,000 views, which totally blew my mind, which was, you know, like not paid, like, I mean, just put it out there and got that much response and response. Like you said, your friends and family, that is like such validation to me. I'm just so happy to hear you say that because I want, and I believe competitive grappling can truly be a spectator sport. And it won't, it won't be big again. And like catch wrestling was at the turn of the 20th century. It won't be big again, unless I believe we really figure it out. And I, I think that we might have the Colonel's uh, secret recipe here. Absolutely. And I think you're spot on when you say that pro wrestling has figured out how to do promotion, because if you, if we look at the UFC and we look at jujitsu and the people who are making the most money out of it, they are the people who are playing roles of a heel. They're the people who are using techniques from pro wrestling in order to promote themselves and their brand and get themselves a lot of attention. I mean, that's, that's basically what some of these top UFC and jujitsu guys who are making the most money, that's what they're doing. They borrowed those techniques. Yeah. You're, you're so spot on. You're so smart about it. Uh, I mean, we know Muhammad Ali took his, his uh, promos, which blew him up and made him millions of dollars in a, in a like transcending to become like an icon uh, yep. from gorgeous George, you know, and then you're right. Like you look at Conor McGregor, his, his entire, like his company is called McGregor sports entertainment, which is like a direct nod to what McMahon came up with, with this idea of sports entertainment. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, I love and, that you're, you're plugged into that. And it's crazy. Cause I was, I'm listening to some, uh, some material from uh, that, that you actually turned me on to some stuff from Grant Cardone. And he's actually saying a very similar thing of if you're, you're talking about sales, but he brings up the analogy of a fighter. He says, if you're going to sell yourself for a fight, what are you going to do? You're going to try to convince everyone in the audience. You're going to put on the most awesome show in the world. And you're going to try to scare your opponent and say, I'm, I've been training. I've been doing this and show them every single thing that you've been doing. So you need to go and put yourself out there and over, over promise and over deliver. So it's kind of like, it, it's funny that you brought that up because here I am actually doing that very thing for my training and for a fight. Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you, uh, it's funny because Tuesday I was in Las Vegas giving a talk to the Cauliflower Alley about this subject exactly that we're talking about, about the history of Catch as Catch Can and its place in professional wrestling and the fact that, you know, why doesn't this shoot wrestling and shoot pro wrestling? Why don't we have a foot, I mean, I'm sorry, a, a, a place at the table? You know, you guys can keep your hardcore wrestling, fine. You can keep your ladders matches and your, you're all the different variety show. That's fine. And you can do them as, as predetermined outcomes, but why can't you just allow for actual competitive grappling to be a part of that variety show, you know, and, 
And so I was, I was in Vegas on Tuesday doing that. And then on Wednesday, I was in my, flying into Miami actually to be, a, I was at Grant Cardone's headquarters there in Aventura uh, for two days with, uh, with his business partner, Brandon Dawson. And um, I, I think there's something to be said here, man. Like if you're going to be a professional athlete or like a professional grappler, you need to kind of take life by the horns here and take charge of your yes. own promotion. And you need to learn to promote and you need to put as much like, you know, we look at a guy like Dan Gable, who is famous, not so much for being a technician, but just spending hours and hours on the Aerodyne bike and, and working yeah. hard and out competing his opponent. Listen guys. Okay. That's awesome. That's awesome. But the reality is, is that you're never going to become an icon like Muhammad Ali or even heaven forbid I'm saying this Conor McGregor, but you're not going to do it. We know Conor McGregor is not the best fighter. We know yeah. that it's not even like controversial, but guess what? He was the highest paid athlete. Yep. Exactly. Okay. And he's, he's like got generational wealth. So I'm not saying you got to be Conor McGregor and you, you, you know, I don't really appreciate I, the way. I think, he success. I, yeah, I, think I think the way he promotes is kind of, like obviously, like he's laughing all the way in the bank, but you know, like yeah, punching old men in bars and and throwing uh, things at buses and stuff. I don't think that's no, uh, that's a good way to promote. I think that's short sighted. But still, the point remains that guys like yourself, you know, if you're if you're busting a hump on the mat and and spending hours and hours and hours on the mat, that's awesome, and you need to do that to be the best. But you need to balance that with your own career and taking control of it. Stop bitching yeah, exactly. at UFC. Stop bitching at the, like, oh, we need to unionize. Dude, you're going to sink the ship that is trying to push you up, okay? Yeah. Like, you have to start selling yourself. So I'm really glad that you brought that up. That's a whole other subject that I think really well, needs to be addressed in combat sports. I, I think it feeds into itself, man, like, because listening to some of Grant Cardone's material about 10X rule and also about uh, 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 be obsessed or be average, you know, when it comes down to it, are those books necessarily just about sales? No, they're about success in general. They're about how to yeah. achieve a goal. So I've been applying that stuff to my martial arts training. I've been applying it to the business side, to the brand building side, to growing my social media. And guess what? I have seen more success in all those places. And that general success feeds back into my training. If I have more private lessons, that's more money to go into competing, traveling and training. If I have more, you know, of any kind of sale that then feeds back into what I'm doing. So it's so important to actually cover yourself on all those bases, because I know a lot of fighters who kind of end up asked out because they didn't, uh, they don't even have enough money to cover their training camps. Yeah. And, and the, this is the thing, man, if you're going to call yourself a professional, like I'm a professional fighter, I'm a professional wrestler, I'm a professional grappler, I'm a prof if you're going to use the word professional, I think you need to look it up in the dictionary and see what the yeah. word actually means. Because it's related to business and your conduct and how you present yourself yeah. and, and working your ass off. You know, it's it. And it takes it, time. It takes longer than anybody wants to to be real about that. And that's one of the factors I think kills the most people in this. But you're right. You're right. It's like that whole idea of, of uh, the, keep going back to Cardone, but like, you know, both you and I always bullshit about him. So I think it's relevant. People may not even know who he is, but um, <clears throat> you know, it really is that 10 times. That's what the yeah. 10 X thing is. You know, whatever you think you want to accomplish, you need to, 
put in probably 10 times more work. You need to set your goals 10 times higher because you know what? You may very well hit those goals. You might surprise yourself, but even if you don't, even if you hit three X or five X, you're still five or three times more than what you had before. Had you not set it at 10 X. And you're setting yourself drastically beyond your competition. Even if you only get to six, six times what a normal person does in a day, that means that you are still way further beyond what the average person in your position is doing. And, and that's, how you, that's how you get success. That's how you get picked out as the person who's the best. That's how you get to the top of the tournament. You know, that's, that's how it's done. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Wow. So, so, uh, it, yeah. and I don't mean to go ahead and finish. And then I want to, I want to address you training for uh, the altitude here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so what I was going to say was I was just reading some, uh, some Zen material and there's actually a little like bit of a Zen like poem that actually was saying, uh, you know, when you're running a race that when you're 90% finished, you consider yourself halfway done. So the whole idea is almost kind of remind me of the 10x rule of always being ready to plan for a lot more, being prepared for a lot more than what it's going to be, that that's how you actually achieve success in your goals. Well, I will give a perfect example of that. So, uh, and you're privy to this because you're in on the group that uh, uh, the, the Facebook group for the, for the event. Dude, yes. literally. So in this week, not only did I, I was on a plane in, to Vegas next day to Miami back to Denver to find that uh, one of the tag teams dropped out due to COVID. Another uh, singles match guy dropped out due to back injury. Uh, and then another half of a tag team had to drop out and I had to replace all that, get all the new graphics done. People have no idea, man. Like, I mean, I'm wow. literally working probably 18 hours a day. Literally, I, I get up at eight, crash at 10 or 11 and wake up and do it all again. And I'm fitting in, uh, you know, I'm older and, you know, I got my own injuries and stuff. So I'm not spending time on the mat the way you young studs are. But, you know, I'm spending an hour at, at power yoga and an hour yeah. at the gym. Plus, I got three kids and my mom living here taking care of her. Plus, I run a, a software company. People have no flipping idea. But this is that same mentality that like Dan Gable had. If yep, you absolutely. want to succeed, dude, you're not you're not going to like magically manifest it by just sitting on your ass you do need to do like the the mental work of like setting your goals and knowing where you want to go and getting your mindset right 100 yeah. percent. but you need to put like massive freaking action behind it period yeah, massive action that's the key right there like like ridiculous way more than you ever thought and then you need to get used to it and just keep going yeah, when people start telling you that like what you're doing is crazy or like you've done a crazy amount, that's like a sign you're like you're you're like getting there. You're like seven. You're like seven x. You're seven. You're seventy percent of the way. <laughs> well, and it's and haters too, man. When you start getting haters, that's then you got like, like man, that's like I saw this meme and it was like, you know, haters. It, it should let you know it's like like a video game that the hard, yep. you know, the higher the level you get, the bigger the final boss, and the more they send the ninjas and shit at you, like. Yep. You're getting there, man, because you're busting through the matrix, all these like complacent, lazy naysayers who want to keep you down. So I love it. I love it, Jamie. You're very uh, motivated. You're really smart. And <clears throat> like I said, I think you got the, uh, I, I was saying this in the group, I think you might, ha you might have, I still have to wait till all the numbers are done, but the biggest fan base in terms of uh, pay-per-view con uh, conversions too. So I think you might be at the top of the leaderboard, but I'll have to double check. I don't got the numbers yet. That's cool. That's awesome. So, so, so tell me real quick, 
and then I'll let you go because I'm trying to squeeze everybody in here today. Tell me, like, how are you adjusting? Like, what did you learn from the altitude? Because people don't understand, like, the rules themselves are very difficult. Like, because you have to keep a shoulder up. You're always moving. You don't get a chance to chill. But then on yep. top of that, there's no freaking air. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I have really good cardio. I, I do this uh, hill routine that I got from uh, from an NFL uh, like trainer. Like he trains a bunch of guys in the NFL for the uh, I think the Dolphins back in like the 90s and the 80s. And he came up with this specific. It's this one hill in Florida because we don't have hills, so it's actually made of garbage. So you have to drive to it, and you do like 20 hill sprints up, and it's it's really difficult. So I came into it like thinking I was the king of cardio. But uh, the altitude absolutely crushed me. So I had to go back to the drawing board and I, I kind of like delved deeper into the science. And I realized that the hill routine is actually an anaerobic form of conditioning. It's, it's making it so that in those short little bursts, I'm able to perform. But that what I need to be more uh, trained for the altitude is aerobic conditioning, a longer, steadier state of exercise. So I've been working on running. Uh, I've been running a race like every weekend. I've been working on swimming cycling, doing those kind of activities, of course, in addition to my jujitsu and in addition to doing the hills, the stuff's added in, in a, in kind of a careful and a measured way. Um, and then I also have been doing these, like whenever I can, I go up, like I was in Vegas recently and we, I, me and my, uh, my girlfriend climbed Mount Charleston, which is a huge elevation. Uh, and you know, we did it fast, like just up and down. So nice. uh, that also is part of the training. And then also into some breathing exercises that Wim Hof uh, used to help climbers climb Mount Kilimanjaro. So they were climbing Kilimanjaro faster than you're supposed to. Uh, like basically you would be guaranteed altitude sickness at the speed they're climbing it. But he basically has you doing these controlled uh, deep breaths. It's almost like a hyperventilation, but it's really not. Um, and, and doing that about 60 times and then kind of holding the breath in and that, uh, by doing this technique a few times as you go up in elevation that you can actually uh, acclimate yourself extremely quickly. So I've been practicing nice. those breathing techniques, so they're kind of second nature. So when I get there, I'm going to uh, hammer away at those. And then, you know, hopefully all the training kicks in and works together. I have some really cool catch jujitsu, judo mixed up stuff that I've been working on. So I I'm hoping that I'll get a chance to showcase all of it. Well, it'd be interesting because you're going against an untested, uh, uh, commodity. Uh, he's done stuff in Sambo. I guess he won uh, a Texas regional Sambo uh, tournament in Roscoe yeah. Bryant. And I know that he's uh, had a couple MMA matches and he's like uh, a 10th planet. Uh, he's obsessed with all the 10th planet stuff. So I'm really looking right. forward to his match. Uh, Jamie, man, anything for the fans before we cut it, uh, cut it loose here? Hey, I just I, I really appreciate everybody coming out and watching, and I absolutely promise I'm put on an awesome show for you guys and give you something uh, a spectacle to enjoy. Oh man, I, I guarantee you, man, that that you are going to deliver. I know that you can, because that last, like I said, guys, get over to Shoot Pro Wrestling not only to pick up your pay per view for this uh, Friday, but <clears throat> go watch uh, Jamie's match, man. Like those guys were him and Juan Martinez were just going, man. So here's the other thing where. <clears throat> We're going to be having a uh, – I'm definitely going to put you and Juan in for the what, – what, uh, what do you weigh again? Uh, right now I'm about one, uh, 160. Yeah, so I think that puts you guys in the middleweights. I'm going to have a middleweight tournament coming up here pretty soon, and I definitely want to see you and Juan go at it again, man. That was like 
and it's and it's unresolved, so I cannot Ooh, wait I, to yeah, see that. I want to I want to go at it with Juan again. I don't know. <laughs> this is personal. <laughs> yeah, so I, I'm not sure, but I think maybe December tenth, uh, our December tenth show will be. Uh, uh, you guys will get your rematch. I'm hoping. If not, it'll be uh, the first show in um, 2022. Great, Great. Jamie. I, thank I, you, sir. I, I can't wait to see you, man. I can't wait to see you. Awesome. Thank you, Jake. Okay. Yeah, thank you, sir. Talk to you soon. Bye. All right, guys. Uh, Jake Shannon here. Do it again podcast, the official podcast of Scientific Wrestling. Super excited, man. This is like uh, such a crazy busy week. Uh, on the 18th, which was, uh, what is that? Saturday was also Billy Robinson's birthday. So we've been trying to kind of blow that up. Uh, but we're going to keep the party going all week long on Saturday and Sunday at Genesis MMA. We've got the highly acclaimed catching, uh, coaching catch training camp going to have, uh, I know Brandon Ruiz is going to stay over from, uh, the night before he's going to teach a thing or two. We got Dave Patron out of Florida, the catch cradle king. Like he's really blowing up cradles. Uh, got Gil Olivas. We were going to have Corey, um, but uh, he could not make it because he has COVID. So we are hoping that Corey Mullis, who was going to be on the card with Jack DeVries, uh, is healing up and doing well. I know he'll be watching uh, and hopefully you will be too, if you're listening. Uh, we've So I've had to mix the card around a lot. <laughs> like last minute, man. I've, if I had any hair, I would have pulled it all out. Uh, but one of the guys that really has stepped up and uh, he's been coming to practice and I just, he's just got kind of catch wrestling written all over him. He's just a wild man. And I'm really excited to have him on. He's uh, his name is Brandon Ferguson. He's a local Colorado grappler and he's going to be doing some of the singles matches and he's here right now. So let's uh, Brandon, are you there? Can, can you hear me? I, I can. I'm here. All right, Brandon. Well, so, I'm really excited to have you on the show. You're going to be wrestling uh, Troy Everett, who is another local uh, grappling ninja, uh, the Night Pigeon. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to have the Night Pigeon versus the Muscular Octopus. We'll have to see which uh, the battle of the the animals will win here. But tell me a little bit about your background, uh, Brandon. What what have you done? What do you dig on the grappling scene? Um, So my... First part of grappling, I mean, I'd always wrestle around with friends and stuff like in the yard or on trampolines. And uh, so I wrestled a little bit in high school. Um, I only wrestled my senior year. And then uh, after high school, I had a little bit of a stint with some jujitsu. Took a little bit of a break from that. And I'd always do like local tournaments that would come to town as far as like, uh, like amateur wrestling, just collegiate style. Okay. And then I started... I think it was 2015. I started consistently doing jujitsu because I have my purple belt now. Um, and then I coach high school wrestling actually at Brighton high school. So. Oh, nice. Yeah. This will be my ninth season coaching wrestling. So. So, so you've got a pretty good uh, amateur wrestling background and then you uh, have also been a fixture on the local um, Brazilian jujitsu and, and grappling scene as well right yeah i've done several tournaments i've actually done a few of the uh fight to win so i've done some of the pro shows on that and then i actually had my first mma fight uh about three weeks ago nice nice and you won right 
I did. Yeah. <laughs> Wrestling and jujitsu won it. <laughs> yeah, good, good. Well, okay, so that all that experience, I mean, maybe it's not so such a crazy question to ask, you know, what brought you to to catch his catch can or this shoot pro wrestling? What was it that made you say, hey man, I gotta check this crazy stuff out? So I've actually been like looking into and studying catch wrestling for probably at least a year, year and a half now, just just watching different things or um, um, reading different books. So what I think what kind of first kind of drew my interest to it is uh, so a buddy of mine, Scott Miller, he knows Neil Melanson. And so I started seeing some of the technique from him and I was like, Ooh, I like this stuff. And then as I kind of started digging more into that, so I read uh, say uncle, I read physical chess and I actually just finished um uh, shooters uh the toughest men in pro wrestling so i've read those three books and then just um i've checked out some of the stuff that you made and then um i've looked at some of neil neil melanson's cradle stuff and then uh it, it's dave dave patron right yep yep dave yeah. patron. so i follow his uh the blackout grappling and i i like i like his cradle stuff so and it's funny because the high school that i went to uh that was kind of our bread and butter was was cradles especially like crossface cradle so Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. Uh, well, man, you just rattled off some of my favorite people right there. Definitely. Uh, Neil Melanson is a beast. Uh, he's been a good friend and a huge supporter of, of my work for years. So, you know, big shout out to Neil. So I'm glad you're checking his stuff out. Um, I really feel <clears throat> that the, uh, that kind of highest stand catch wrestling, uh, lineage j- just is just so amazing. And so I'm glad that you, um, uh, mentioned his name. And then, yeah, like, um, you know, all the cradle stuff. It's funny because I put together a seminar with him and Wade Chalice. And I think that was kind of when when the the gears started turning in the, the mad scientist brain there for Neil. And, and Dave, you know, is a Wade Chalice. He went to a bunch of Wade's uh, camps early on and and was also uh, influenced by an old catch wrestler named uh, Billy Wicks uh, as well. So it sounds like you fit, you're going to fit right in. Um, so you've actually come to practice a couple times. So you've, you have, you're way ahead of everybody. Cause this is still like the early adopter phase for catch wrestling. As far as I'm concerned, like in terms of the modern grappling scene, how would you describe it to guys that are maybe more Brazilian jiu-jitsu based or even, and, and maybe it's different, or maybe you give the same kind of explanation to guys that are, uh, amateur wrestling based. Like what, what's the nuances there? Um, I mean, there's a I mean, there's kind of similarities to the two of them. It's almost like amateur wrestling meets Nogi. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's the simplest way to describe it. Like, you can still hit the same submissions, but then you, you got to worry about getting pinned and making sure your shoulders are off the mat. Um, but, yeah, especially, like, doing some of the tag team. The tag team was a blast. That was fun. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the thing that I've really noticed when – because – Tag team traditionally has not existed in that is very much a, a pro wrestling creation, not catch as catch can. But I decided yeah. to kind of take catch as catch can the traditional style. Like these rules are really uh, just an extension of the rules that I developed with, with Carl Gotch back in 2006 and earlier. But, um, you know, I decided to tweak it a little bit and add the catch the, uh, the tag team. But man, I, not only do people love to watch it, but all the guys, man, they're always like halfway through practice. Like, can we do tag team? Can we do tag team? Like, 
All right, fine, man. You guys need to be working on your singles matches, but fine. Uh, it's kind of fun. What do you like from the competitor standpoint of, of uh, messing around with the tag team? What's the fun so, part for you? The part I guess that I had the most fun with is because you've got that five count to get out. And it's like, well, I can help take him down or I can help try to choke him or like <laughs> bend this limb this way and then run and try to roll out of the rings. Yeah. So you like the double team. You like you like being like attacking the other <laughs> two on one on the other <laughs> yeah. guy. Or, yeah, or, when they, or they're about to get pinned or they're in a bad spot. You're trying to reach it and save them. Yeah, yeah, that's the other thing, right, is you can actually get them out of a, a real crappy spot, and you can do a blind tag. You don't actually have to have the guy tag you who's in the ring. You could be, as long as you're holding on to the tag rope and not letting go and touch your opponent, you can get in there, and he's no longer legal. So if he gets <laughs> tapped, if he gets tapped, it don't matter. Yeah, that, it, it's fun. It's fun for sure. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So you're going to uh, be wrestling uh, Troy Everett, and you guys have met before. Oh yeah, he. So he. My last fight to win, he actually cornered me. So. Oh wow, wow. All right. Well, I'm excited, and he he's a badass, and he's got probably 50 pounds on you. I think. Oh uh, yeah, I would say so. 30, I love that though. 30 man. for sure. I was really impressed. I put you in there against Joe Barton, who's a big dude, and uh, and the weight thing didn't seem to bother you too much. I'm used to grappling with bigger guys, either in wrestling practice or in jujitsu. So, yeah, I was really impressed. I'm like, oh, shit, man, this guy's really holding his own, and he's like giving up seventy pounds. So I've done I've done some absolute divisions too, where I've had to go against some big dudes. Nice, nice, awesome. Well, listen, uh, Brandon, I'm excited to have you on the show. And uh, the, the t- where does the muscular octopus come from, or did you just make that shit up? So actually, Troy's the one who gave me that nickname. Is what's even funnier. <laughs> okay, now I'm seeing the the animal theme here because you got the night pigeon and the muscular octopus. I, I'm getting it now. So uh, a a friend of his, uh, her name's Amy Walker. She would always talk about how I was like grappling with a rope, like all of a sudden that uh, you'd just be tangled up and you weren't sure what was what. And then uh, so one time during an open mat, he's like, "Yeah, he's." He's kind of like an octopus, but a muscular one. And it just stuck from there. <laughs> nice. Was like they would reach, I, they'd be in my guard and they would reach up to try to pull my hands down. And they'd be like, well, that's, that's a foot. That's not a hand. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. I definitely love the octopus imagery. Uh, that's how I always thought, especially the old, <clears throat> it's interesting because, <clears throat> you know, before I got involved with the catch wrestling, a lot of the marketing for it was, it was just, you know, these big muscly guys kind of brutalizing and forcing stuff. And, uh, but, you know, from all my talks with Billy and Carl and these other old timers, there's always guys built like you, like the lankier the wrestlers. And it was like wrestling like an octopus, you know, like, <laughs> but, but they would say it was like an octopus made out of barbed wire. <laughs> so I'm excited to see you guys go at it. Um, uh, any message for your fans or, 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 uh, or for Troy, if you want to try to intimidate him, here's your chance. Um, <laughs> I'm coming for you, Troy. But, yeah, anybody wants to come out and support, come check it out. It's going to be a good time for sure. It'll be a fun yeah. night. Awesome, man. I really appreciate you, and I can't wait to see you up on the, on, in the ring. Yeah, it's going to be great. All right. Thanks, Brandon. Everybody, Thank uh, be sure to check out shootprowrestling.com. You can go there. 
you go to shootprowrestling.com, you can uh, scroll down, see the roster, all these guys, uh, plus more, um, all their backgrounds. And some of them are pretty funny. So you got to check it out. Hey, thanks again, Brandon. Thank you. See you in the ring. See you in the ring. All right, guys. Uh, we are here with the Do It Again podcast. I am your host, Jake Shannon. This is the official podcast of Scientific Wrestling. And I guess that makes it the official podcast of Shoot Pro Wrestling. So I'm really excited. Uh, this Friday in Denver, the Mile High City, we're going to be having a our second show, our first show, uh, as I mentioned prior, uh, I was really very pleasantly surprised. We ended up getting 20,000 views on the live feed alone. It might be higher now. Um, anyway, it was just one heck of a great show. We did the first ever tag team match. And, uh, and I'm excited because on the line, I've actually got, because we're doing this as a tag team, uh, this next show is going to have a tag team tournament. So it's going to be a four-man tournament with a bunch of really tough dudes. But, man, you know, the funny thing is, is because tag team catches catch can is so new, not a lot of people have done it. And there's only one group of guys that have actually done it on a show. And on the line, I've got one of those guys, uh, Joe Barton. Joe, welcome to the, to the podcast. No, thank you for having me. So, so you might be one of the uh, younger guys on the card. I mean, what you're? What are you? You're still in your twenties, right? Oh no! Thank, thank, thank you for the compliment, but no, I'm 34. <laughs> oh, oh man, yeah. Well, I thought you were younger, but uh, so so you do have probably the most experience in tag team competitive catch wrestling because you were on the last show uh, in that last match against uh, Gil, all of us, and uh, and Maverick. With uh, with Kronk on your team, so tell. Let's talk a little bit about that match first. How was that for you, uh, doing the tag team wrestling? What what was it? How was it different than what you expected, or or you know, just what was your experience? Oh, uh, I had a blast with it. Um, so, for those who don't know, I'm a I'm a professional wrestler on the on the entertainment side of uh, of wrestling. And I've I've done tag team wrestling, and it's just applying that lo- that that style and logic to actual actually go competitive wrestling and competitive submission grappling, which I've done also. So it was kind of easy. The rules that was kind of easy were easier for me to to get to. I think uh, it was a difficulty with me and Crump with the communication because I I wasn't able to train with them as much as I like to, and. The key, like the key, we found that was you know you gotta cut, cut in the ring off and get it those quick succession tags, but we wasn't able to uh, utilize that trying to like tag for the right position or uh, put the guy in the right position for us to make that two on one that two on one attack. Which is interesting because that is kind of the strategy in. Uh, um, in scripted or predetermined uh, tag team wrestling is doing quick tags and cutting off the rope as well, or cutting off the ring in half. Right. So, so that actually, that strategy actually from the worked wrestling ended up being a good strategy in the competitive match. Yes. 
And like you said, like you and Kronk, I just kind of like, you know, I'm trying to book this match and just trying to find people crazy enough to do this. And, and both of you guys uh, were on a team and you did great. But this time around, because Kronk wanted to move to singles and then, you know, he's an older dude. I think he's 52. He's a beast still doing right. this stuff. I'm jealous, I, frankly. Uh, but he, uh, he's out with a, with a bad back. And so this time you've actually got uh, like a super ninja and a guy that you work with a lot as your yeah. tag team partner. So how do you think that's going to be different? Because it's Chongo. People who don't know, Chongo Bronson, uh, this guy's a four-time IBJJF national champ. Uh, I think he's had four gold medals and a silver medal. Uh, World Games silver medalist, Pan Am Games silver medalist. Uh, like eight years he's been a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt. But he's also a pro wrestler like you. So, I mean, this is going to be really interesting because you guys are, I think, in the tournament, the only guys that are strong on both the grappling side and the pro wrestling side. Yeah. So, so I think the, the difference this time, like me, me and Chuck are able to train together and like really come up with a strategy. And since we were both experienced with the pro wrestling side, we, we have a little more experience with the pen, the pen. And that's going to make a difference between a lot of those, um, the just you basically, just base guys who love to be on the, who love to get on their back and love to get on their shoulders. So, yeah, they're gonna have, be. Yeah, so we have a particular game plan for those for those guys, and then we have a particular game plan for the um, the straight up wrestlers or the guys who are familiar with the the shoot style of wrestling, but who aren't familiar with the the tag the tag rules or the tag system. Yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting. And, and you know, there will be a variation because the tag team rules you guys were under were not the championship rules because there's, you yeah. know, uh, the, the rope breaks are, are not penalized. Yeah. But in the yeah. championship matches, you guys are penalized. You guys, if you're interested, any of you guys listening, uh, go over to shootprowrestling.com. <laughs> the entire rule set is there, as well as the, the roster. You can see uh, all the different pictures and the bios of the wrestlers. Now, Joe, I'm actually looking at the site. Uh, a couple things I got to clarify, right? Okay, so you're the 8th Army Combatives Champion, former right. number light heavyweight in all armed forces combatives. Uh, right. you, were, you, you were the uh, Rev Gear Blue Belt No Gi Absolute Champ. Right. Uh, okay, but man, I got to get into this. What, what's, what's going on with this easy lover gimmick, brother? Tell me about <laughs> that. Oh, so... I, I love wrestling. It's so, it's so, I, I love it so much that it's easy. And, uh, and uh, I just want to get out there and just show my love for, of wrestling, just get up to the biggest, biggest, sweatiest, meatiest meat men and just cuddling <laughs> with them. Just, you know? Cuddling. Yeah, it says you like to cuddle yeah. very hard. Yeah. hard. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm excited because, you know, I think you and Chongo are going to really help bring, and everybody's kind of gotten a gimmick, but uh, especially you and, and Chongo are going to bring a lot of that kind of pro wrestling flavor to the show, which I think is crucial to the overall entertainment experience, not just the competitive experience. Uh, yes, Strangle City, we are, we are two entertainers and two dangerous uh, grapplers, so... Uh, 
it's gonna be it's gonna be fun and it's gonna be competitive right at the same time. So it's I just go like you know check every box for uh, for somebody who's looking for that competitive wrestling and and uh, entertainment side side too. So I think it's gonna be a great night. Yeah, I think so too, man. Well, I'm really excited to see you back in the ring again, back doing the tag team stuff. I mean, I don't know, man. Are you going to stay with tag team? Or, I mean, I guess it depends. Like, you guys win the strap. You're going to have to stay with it. But um, are, do you like the tag team? Or you want to move into singles someday? Or what's your, what's your vision here? I would love to do um, do singles. But, if, you know, if you, win, if you win a tag team championship, I think it's the end of the time. Um, I would again, do one-on-one. There's a, there a couple of guys I would love to um, – Get in there with, especially from the pro wrestling world, who um think they're think that um I would love to teach them a lesson or two. Yeah, yeah, tighten them up. I I was in that boat when I was younger too, man. It was very frustrating being somebody who actually knew how to legit grapple and then get into the pro wrestling world, and some of these guys start believing their gimmicks, and it's like, yeah, well, let's let's actually do some real wrestling here. So I, I feel you. That's uh. It's going to be an exciting match. So, Joe, any parting words for either the competition or for your fans or both? Uh, for the fans, get the go to shootprowrestling.com, uh, order the pay per view, use promo code Barton or promo code Chango. You know, give us all your support. You know, Strangle City needs it. And for uh, the competition out there, you know, protect your neck because Strangle City's coming. Mm, protect your neck strangle city man yeah that's a great uh tag team name joe i appreciate your time buddy and i can't wait to see you back in the ring yeah okay it's ready to be back see, see you soon all right see you then all right guys uh this is jake shannon the host of the do it again podcast the official podcast of scientific wrestling and shoot pro wrestling and uh man we got one heck of a show coming up we've got an entire tag team uh, tournament, a four-team, eight-man, four-team uh, tournament. Plus, we have a whole handful of really great singles matches on the card. Guys, just get over to shootprowrestling.com, pick up either live tickets if you're drivable to Denver, or um, check it out. Uh, you can pick up a pay-per-view now, and it's cheap, man, but it will really go a long way to support us, the athletes, I would really appreciate it. Again, just go over to shootprowrestling.com. You can see the rules, the roster, uh, and some footage from the last show as well. I have on the phone right now one of those gentlemen that are going to be in the uh, in the singles matches. In fact, he'll be in the main event of the single matches uh, portion of the show, and that is uh, local grappling, local Colorado grappling uh, legend Troy Everett. Troy, are you there? I am here, yes. How's it going, brother? Oh, good. It's the first time I've ever been called a legend before. So that's, that's Well, I mean, dude, dude you've, you've got 14 pro jiu-jitsu wins, uh, eight medals from eight different states in all different promotions. I mean, and you've been around for a long time. So, I mean, I think, I think you're reaching. I think you even have your own school. Well, that's, that's pretty – I mean, that's – that's pretty cool that I'm even getting close to legend status. I, I figure that's still a long way to go, but I'll, I'll take that. Well, okay. So as a local legend here on the Colorado grappling scene, 
Yeah. All your fans, they may know, but I have no fucking clue. Wow. Ah, so so the night pigeon nickname is actually. Hold on, hold on. Ferguson tells me he's like, I'm like, where did you get this muscular octopus? He's like, oh no, Troy gave that to me. So I'm like, man, Troy's got something going on with these bizarre animal metaphors. Yeah, but I mean, Ferguson got his because I mean, if you've ever grappled him, you know exactly what why he's called the muscular octopus. Yeah, <laughs> he, he's everywhere at all times. Um, but the, the funny part about the night pigeon story is that uh, very few people know the actual story. It is pro- there's probably like five people. Like it, it started with me and Jake Nix, actually. So, um, but yeah, we don't tell anybody. So I'll keep it shrouded in mystery. Oh, and are you coming to the ring in the night pigeon mask? I, I, I'm still – I just might, yes. It's hard to see out of that thing, but I still might do it. <laughs> I don't – I do hope you come to the ring in it. Yeah. <laughs> so um, <clears throat> so tell everybody that, that – you know, because people locally here in Denver and in Colorado know, but we got listeners all the way out in Europe and uh, Japan and – uh, all kinds of different places. Tell them a little bit about your background. Like, how did you get into grappling even in the first place? And what, what was your journey like? So I started um, training jujitsu in 2009. And uh, I started because I watched a lot of uh, the UFC and MMA. And I told everyone I wanted to be a fighter. Uh, but I wasn't tough enough to get punched in the face. So I went, <laughs> I went the... Uh, the jiu-jitsu route because I got a little bit less hurt doing it. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's like doing doing striking now is the worst thing because it hurts all the time. Yeah. So, so you did. So you kind of. It was really originally MMA and and fighting that kind of got you into it. Yeah, I was in from like 2005 to about 2012. I was like a, a UFC super fan. Like I knew everything of every card of every fighter of everything. So I wanted to to be a part of that. And then over the years, I'm still a, a big fan, but now I'm focused a lot more on grappling than I am on uh, the full MMA. Hey. Sorry, you're kind of cutting out. It's hard hard to hear you. Oh. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, so when did you get really serious about doing the jiu-jitsu? Like, I mean, now it's like you, you've devoted your entire life to it. It's like how you make a living, all that kind of stuff. When did you really make that decision to commit? Uh, it was about, I would say, 2015. Like once I started uh, really traveling with Fight to Win nationally, um, I like competed a lot more, and uh, yeah. So about the last like I'd say six six years or so, I've been really really focused on it. So I was like, I think I was a purple belt at the time when I 
was able to start traveling, able to start doing it more often than like twice a week and uh, really lock myself down into, you know, getting decent. And, and uh, you just opened up Novamente, which is your gym. Uh, so is it, is it two years now? Uh, yeah. So Novamente actually started in 2017 under a different uh, gentleman. Okay. And then, and then I took over in February of 2020. So the, the best possible time to take over a gym. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, social media can be damned. Uh, sure. so, or, you know, that kind of thing, or train with you, what's the best place for people to find that? Uh, the best way, I mean, you can find me, I mean, NovamenteBJJ.com is always good. Um, the, I'm the night pigeon on everything. So any social media, uh, you can find me there. I'm very easy to contact. Um, yeah. Night pigeon on Instagram, uh, the Novamente BJJ, the number on there will call through to my phone. So if you ever need to get a hold of me, it's, it's right there. So, so call at 3am. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, and I will call you back at nine a.m. <laughs> well, I was hoping to get the scoop on the night pigeon story, but I will um, have to wait. Yeah, I, I keep it. I keep it shrouded on purpose because it's not an interesting story. <laughs> so it's better to make it seem like it's cooler than it actually is. The name is cooler than the story. <laughs> well, the name is cool, and I'm really excited to see you in action in the ring. Uh, Competitive jiu-jitsu, so I'm really excited to to see uh, try your your hand at uh, at the catch wrestling rules. Do you have any parting words for your fans or your opponent, the muscular octopus? Uh, Brandon Ferguson, I'm coming for you. Even though I very much enjoy you as a person and as a grappler, I'm I'm coming for you. I'm going to act tough for a second, but I'm not actually tough. <laughs> Awesome. Awesome. All right, Troy. Thanks, brother. I can't wait to see you uh, in the ring this, uh, this week. Yeah, man. I'll see you. I'll see you on Friday. All right, guys. So that wraps up the shoot pro wrestling edition of the do it again podcast, the official podcast of scientific wrestling. This is Jake Shannon signing off. Please, please, please support us and our efforts, man. I don't know if you have any idea how hard I have worked on this, but it's been 20 years. And then on top of that, a lot of work in the last couple uh, months. So I please, if you could support the show, support the athletes, it would really mean a lot to all of us. Get over to shootprowrestling.com. Get yourself either a pay-per-view, uh, buy two or three, hell if you can. But uh, uh, grab a live ticket. We'd love to see it. Our, we've got really great crowds. You can hear them. If you go to the Shoot Pro Wrestling page and watch that video and turn up the the sound man we had an incredible crowd the live show is an amazing experience but we do our best in fact uh this time we're gonna have uh, a multi-camera shoot we will have commentators uh professional commentators that we're really going all out so i really could use your support grab that pay-per-view and please spread the word man tell everybody at your gym 
Post it all over your social media. Post it once a day until <laughs> until Friday. We will be starting uh, 8 p.m. First Bell Mountain Time, 8 p.m. this Friday, September 24th. ShoeProWrestling.com. Thanks, guys. See you in the ring.